Hello and welcome to the Listics AFL podcast. I'm your host John Van Norden and we're here today to discuss the other team that crashed out of finals this week in the Sydney Swans. We're going to analyse their list, check the key list indicators and see what they might be doing in the upcoming trade, free agency and draft period. As always, I'm here with legendary co-host Sean Lewis. Sean, how you doing, mate? Doing very well, thanks, Johnny. Pretty excited about this. Swans are an interesting team from a lot of perspectives. They're interesting because they've been up the top for so long. It means that we can sort of analyse both why they've been able to stay up there for so long and why they haven't been able to achieve the ultimate success since 2012. Yep. Um, they've been in, been in a grand final since then, but they have been a very successful side. I think we should just dive straight into it. You ready? Yeah. Well, did you want to just touch on the very recent breaking news of, of Dan Hannanbury? Go for it, mate. Dan Hannanbury has apparently re- requested the, a trade at his exit interview with John Longmire. No club has been nominated, but obviously St Kilda has been heavily linked with him. That was just put up on Fox Footy and the Herald Sun within the last five minutes before we came to air. It is an interesting one. There, there's a couple of murmurings out of the Swans. Um, the other one uh, for today was that Gary Rowan would be open to a trade home. Yep. You know, I think I think he probably has some some interest from Victorian clubs, even though he's fa- failed to be on the park. Um, he's been linked already to Geelong. Um, he's a former Geelong Falcon. And I guess if Geelong are unable to keep Menzel but get Gary Rowan, then they're going to have that same player that plays eight games a year um, <laughs> in their forward pocket. So um, not, not necessarily the best strategy, but... Um, I, think, I, I think, to be fair, on Gary Rowan, this year's been um, pretty difficult for him personally. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not... I'm not, I'm not it still stands every single year. Like, this year, he's got an excuse. But every single year, he's missed many games and never been able to get himself into a position to impact quite the way that we thought he would be when he got drafted. Yeah, yeah, that's agreed. And, and look, there's also another murmuring around uh, Jake Lloyd, um, which is interesting as well. It, it is really interesting when you have a, a couple of different people, all senior names, um, looking to move. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we'll get cracking into it then, and we'll get to those more interesting parts that we love to talk about. Um, I guess touching on their average age, they're, they're 24 years old, which is the eighth oldest list in the AFL, and they've got an average games of, of 65.6, which is the fifth most. So um, this is kind of the uh, inverse of Geelong, where they've got a younger team than their average games, which means that they obviously have a lot of uh, veterans that skew their the amount of games they have on their list high, um, and then they've obviously got a lot of youth, which um, when you kind of break it down, um, they've got, you know, 62% of their list is under the age of 25. So I guess that's a, that's a good thing for them going forward. They do have a lot of youth on their list, um, but we'll obviously dig into the quality of that a bit later. Um, and what did you have for the depth chart? Yeah, well, just just on that last thing, um, you also have players driving it high that are really high game young players like Isaac Heaney, who's a gun. Um, he's played a lot of games in every year. So, and they, they've got a couple of other really like guys that play regularly twenty two games that are still quite young. Uh, but looking at their depth chart, they have six key forwards, ten general forwards, thirteen midfielders, three rucks, ten general defenders, and three key defenders. So. I think that we were um, sort of looking like a team that's a bit skinny in the key defenders area. 
Um, I think they pretty much only have uh, Lewis Malikin, potentially Aaliyah Aaliyah. Um, I think he will consider, be considered as a key defender. And um, they've also got like Heath Grundy. But besides that, there's almost nothing there. And they don't have a whole lot of defenders compared to the amount of general forwards they have. Having 10 general forwards is probably um, a little bit excessive, given that there's a couple of midfielders that can also run through there. So, um, it's yeah, maybe, maybe maybe they won't need to focus on their forward half of the ground, but they've got a academy player coming through who's always also a bit of a forward <laughs> half player. Yeah, Nick Blakey, he'll be, um, he'll be interesting to see how he goes. But yeah, they've definitely got a lot of good talent um, up up front, I guess. Um, you know, Heaney, Mills are probably the obvious ones. Ollie Florent um, as well. They've also got Will Hayward, who looks like he'll be pretty handy. And, and Tom McCartan, who every time I watch him, I just think he's he's got what it takes. Um, so they've definitely got a lot of talent at, in that forward half. And the question is whether they got down back. I think Lewis Melican has probably got the talent to to play AFL, but it's going to come down to him making the most of his opportunities. Um, they've got Matthew Ling as well, who's another young young player as well. But I guess, yeah, that's that's probably the big gap there down back. Where do, what do they do going forward? Um, I think, you know, with with that such a skew to under 25, they've, they've actually managed to, you know, kind of like you were highlighting with the Heenies and the Mills and stuff, they actually managed to get a lot of games into them. They got you know twenty four percent of their entire list games in the under twenty five section, so they're definitely a side that will will trust youth when they have to. Um, but kind of the counterance to that is that that if you just take the oldest five players on their list, that's forty percent of the entire games that they have. Um, around about twelve hundred or so games is tied up in just five players. So. You know, with with one or two of those retiring, you see an immediate impact on on the overall um, games played on the list. So, you know, for example, if McVeigh or Grundy um, or Kieran Jack, even you know those those three guys in particular, you're looking at you know something around the the 900, you know, 820 games of experience there. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a fascinating list because it's that. They obviously, you know, probably 10 years ago had that investment in youth, which has um, allowed them to maintain their their position for the last 10 years. And with a, a thriving academy, it's kept them up higher in the ladder. Like, again, you know, you look at Mills and Heaney, who are both, you know, top two, top three picks. Um, Blakey, who's going to be a top five. And then before, obviously, Heaney and Mills, they had access to guys like Kieran Jack and that, who who weren't didn't really cost them much at all so and they have a really good history of bringing through guys off their rookie list and through the academy so yeah they do um they definitely do and i mean for me just with this list it's a they play a really slow and stagnant game style and it's got them um a lot of wins over the years but usually when they had those wins especially when they had those finals wins they had an ability to get out the back and they could get out of the back because they had people that could break the lines and go quickly. Um, I know that Jeddah um, hasn't hasn't been the, his same self since being over on West Coast. I mean, he did kick that great goal to to beat Collingwood on the weekend, but he 
was one of those players. And I, I would watch time and time again when Sydney would boot the ball out the back and it would effectively be a sprint to goal. Um, and they had they had players that could get out the back. Um, Rowan, Rowan's one of those players, as I said, um, and Jetta. And they probably need to start addressing um, some of this speed. They, they are a, quite a one-paced midfielder, uh, midfield. Even guys like Heaney and um, Mills, who's young, Hanabry, who was a running player, they're all pretty much the same pace as JPK in the middle as well. And Lloyd, who's a precise kicking back, isn't necessarily a line breaker. I think that's probably why they went after Ling, but um, he, he hasn't had any games into him yet. And, and Zach Jones, even though he takes it on, he's not super quick and he generally makes bad decisions when he takes it on. So it's um, they, they really need to address that part of the ground. Yeah, and I mean, they, they went for Oli Florent for that reason as well. So, you know, they, they did go looking for pace. But, yeah, you're right. It's just so... Like, I look across this team and, and I just do... I just see you stuck in the mud. Like, um, <clears throat> slow and stagnant ball movement um, in today's game is, is just going to cost you. Like, um, they're big enough, experienced enough to beat up a lot of sides and get wins when they, they you know, sometimes they shouldn't or or that kind of thing because they're, they're still a quality footy side. But the ability for them to contest in finals, um, you know, which which is defined by not just contested ball but also, you know, how your ball enters your, your forward 50. So, you know, like you look at Richmond, the ball, you know, they may lose a contest but the ball comes back at you twice as quick so, yeah, you're 100% right in what you're saying, and they definitely need to, you know, probably shift a bit of their list um, into improving that aspect of the game. Yeah, and, I mean, the reason that this is a problem for me is just because they have this, like, they, they are really good at, as we said, bringing through people from the rookie list and, and turning them into valuable players um, that can play a role, but what they've been probably bad at in the last couple of years is finding those role players, um, finding a lot of those role players, and they've been keeping on guys that uh, probably don't have a future at their club uh, just as sort of like depth because they thought that they were going to be in finals contention. But what it's ended up doing is made their list stagnate because they've got, um, and we'll talk about it when we get down to the off contract, they've got almost... 10 players that I, I don't think that should be on the list anymore. And they're all really similar, um, like strikingly similar types of players. And not a, none of them are able to hold down a best 22 spot at probably most clubs. So the fact that they've been at this premiership side um, playing depth roles when they could have had potentially 10 young players, um, they, yeah, it's it's baffling. That I, I, think, I think it's a mistake that they've made there. Yeah, and I think, but it's probably also worth noting that they've had a you know a salary cap squeeze um, with a lot of contracts. Obviously, the the Tippett and Buddy were the two big ones, and with Tippett um, uh, retiring last year, that that has gone away. But you know, Parker, Hanabry, JPK, these kind of guys are still on big money. They they're probably paying pretty decent money for for Mills and Heaney as well, um, because there'll be a lot of clubs chomping at the bit and. You know, it's it's forced them to not be able to to trade for um, players that could immediately improve and address their their needs each year, and they're they're forced to 
dig back into the draft and then you know they've they've delisted you know say five six people and you know they can they can they've only got four draft picks so they go back to the rookies and they they keep pushing through the rookies and usually their their rookies tend to be out of the swans academy so you know they just keep working with them and they get a decent player but the you know probably almost the fifa mentality in some ways is needed you know if you if you can get a player out of the academy onto the rookie list and get him playing AFL and he looks like he's alright, you know, sometimes you've got to flip him. <laughs> you know, trade, build him up, trade him out, you know, see what you can get because, you know, your system is what makes them good, not, you know, and, and it's up to other clubs to kind of, you know, whether they can perceive how to make that person fit into the new system um, or if they just get a good player and then see how it goes kind of thing. So their, their salary cap, um, tightness has has also probably dictated how they manoeuvre their list and, you know, they've probably ended up keeping a few guys that you were talking about a bit longer than they probably should have just because, you know, going and getting an equivalent player of experience or whatever is, is going to cost them too much. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess I, I can touch on some of the players that we're talking about now, but players like Daniel Robinson and Harry Marsh... I agree with you that they can't go out into the marketplace and bring in somebody of higher talent for the same amount of money that those guys would be on. But what they could have done is take in two draft picks who would cost the same or less than what both of those guys were on um, and would have had probably more success because neither one of those guys is staying in the team if I'm in charge of it. Yep, yeah. Yeah, no, look, I've got them both down as a D-list as well, so... Um... I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, you, I mean, I guess probably when Harrison Marsh last came out of contract, he's shown some positive signs. Um, now we are probably two years down the track from his last contract, and I guess he does—he hasn't shown enough signs to maintain on the list. Um, you know, he's 25 years old, you know, 190 centimetres-ish defender, uh, and I guess I was just hoping that you know, he might turn into... You know that kind of third defender, or maybe even fourth defender. But um, yeah, uh, you know, based on I don't think did he play this? You might have only played a handful of games this year. Yeah, he might have played a handful of games this year. I mean, the, I, I agree with you. That's what they were thinking. I just there's not that many players in the AFL that after four years in their career turn into something like that's a that's a fair amount of time. And I think the people like yeah, Jetta from Melbourne. Uh, like complete out-of-the-box cases where they go from being a flailing player or a, a middling player into a complete superstar and 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 holding down a position. You should have been All-Australian. Um, <laughs> but like it, it's, it's pretty rare, and especially for guys that aren't like super quick or don't, don't have anything that's like a, a super high in any sort of category. It's not like... He's two metres tall and he was a running player and just took a bit longer. He was just a medium tall um, backman that wasn't that good and was sort of filling a role. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And look, I mean, touching on those two specifically, I think we've seen, you know, they've been on the list for six years now and I think we've seen what we're going to see out of them, you know. Six years for for twenty five games is is basically the summary, and and at twenty five years old, I think both of them will be will be cut. Yep. So, Nick Smith, mate, what are you doing? Uh, you got to resign him. I think that he's a he's a gun. He just goes about his work quietly and 
gets the job done. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Two years, so give him another two. I think you and I are going to clash on this one. Um, restricted free agent, also on the rookie list, uh, just done his fifth knee, uh, Alex Johnson. D list. Mm, yeah. Why are, we, why, are we, why are we clashing on this, mate? This guy's <laughs> done five knees, eight years, and you, he's still probably going to be out for another, what, until the middle of next year, and you're going to keep him on the list. Uh, Why? Yeah, look, I understand that from the business sense, but I guess there's the uh, the emotional side of football and the and the um, you know the good story side of football, and and I guess you know for the sake of a rookie list spot, whatever, it, you know you've got other guys on the rookie list who are who are definitely not AFL players, and as bad as his knees are and everything, he's you know when he's played, he's a premiership player. He's he's a pretty good footballer um, it's it's sad that his career has been cut down the way it has um, I, I mean I just you know nostalgia or you know uh, emotional decision I'd like to see him just give him one more year and at least let him fix his body while he's there and whether he plays them again it's not really it's more of a, a, a almost a thank you year I guess so you're going to give a guy a year on the list we're, we're, mind you, we're not, we don't know this person, and we're analysing it crudely from numbers, data, and what we see as the person as a player. And you're saying that he deserves another year on the list based on talent and his potential to get back to and make an impact, or you're just going to give him a one year deal because probably the latter. It's it's not really data driven at all. I mean, data driven, you're you're 100 right. You do, you delist, <clears throat> and that and that's ultimately the thing. Like it's. You know, if 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 footy is just purely a business, and 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 I know, like generally, when we sit here and we do this, we look at it very much from that way. Um, but this is just one that you know I'd kind of like the good story, I guess. And that's just yeah, that's just me. It's not. It's nothing to do. You know, if it's, you... it's soft, mate. Come on. Oh. He's, he's, what what person from Sydney would be begrudging the management staff for recovering him from four ACLs? And then he does a fifth one, and they say, "Listen, mate, you're welcome to stay on and do your recovery, but we don't have a list spot for you anymore. You understand?" Oh, no one's going to begrudge him at all. I'm just more saying. So, what what benefit what benefit are we getting then? Oh, they're not getting any benefit. But I've got I've got another six D listings here, so you know one. Yeah, we we are, mate. There's this this going to get some acting in this list. Don't worry about it. There's, I, I, I'm going to trump you and we're going to go with my decision on that one. Um, oh, okay. He's delisted and he, he, can't, he can't stay. I mean, I, I pretty, have a pretty strong belief on this across the board though um, because I know that Menzel has done, what, four knees as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's such a hard one because every single year now, Menzel's playing, I know that he had a botched operation this year, but he's still only playing 10 games a year and every single year now they're having contract negotiations with him because they can't afford to sign him for longer than one year because of his knees. Like they should, if that's the case, if that's if after all of this time he's still not going to be able to get back, and you're still only going to offer him one year deals, then why didn't you ask him after he'd done two or three and he was just potential? Because that's the same thing with Alex Johnson, and this is a reason why they've got into the position they have is that two two knees ago he should have been out of the list, and they could have been brought through a new kid. They could yeah. have found their next Papley. They could have found their next Jake Lloyd by now. They moved him to the rookie list, I think it was two years ago or something, to allow him to, to recover. Like, they did it 
they've already they already did that move to to get him off the main list, let him have no pressure, and it also lowers his contract as well. Um, so they've done they've done that to clear space for rookies to come on, and oh, sorry for young players to come onto the main list rather than having to promote uh, a rookie like they did in previous. They can go and and put fill it with a with a a draft talent rather than a rookie draft talent. So I've they did, got they... a lower contract value for you, zero dollars. Guys <laughs> axed. <laughs> Jeez. No, no, don't don't get sentimental with football and John. <laughs> oh, mate, he's he's had four sentimental contracts now. <clears throat> it's time time to be a realist about it. And I think he might find he might he might retire himself this year anyway. A bit like Kobe Stevens, you know. Like it's just you know maybe just too much. Yep. Dean Towers. He's probably delisted as well. He, oh. Like they're, they're not they're not playing him. Yeah, so they're, pl- they're, pl- they're playing all the kids in front of him, um, and if that's the case, he's out of contract. He's like twenty eight or something like that. He's not, they're not going to have a whole lot of trade value. Like, I mean, you can offer him for trade, and maybe you're going to get like a fourth or a fifth round back, but he's he's just not worth anything anymore, and he's obviously not a part of their future. Yeah, look, I can see that as well. Like, I you know, I agree with you. I, I had him here as a as a trade or or a year for depth because they're probably. Looking at all the other delistings I've got here, <laughs> they need to keep someone on the main list. Um, but the, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know what they're doing with him. Like, if they're not going to play him as a best 22 player, they've, they've, you know, they probably, yeah. I, look, I reckon he's a one year just for depth, and then and then move him on. Like you said, he's a bit older. He came in with a bit of a bang, and then kind of disappeared, didn't he? Yeah, he's just he's thereabouts. You're right. He's probably he's probably worth a depth spot, um, given how much players I'm thinking will move out. Um, Jake Lloyd's next. Oh, another, three yeah. years. Yeah, <laughs> every day of the week. Yeah, yeah at least he, he's a gun, um, and you want to re-sign him. Yeah, you do. Um, well, obviously later on we'll discuss. I mean, around what the rumours are with him, but yeah, like I mean, if you're looking at Sydney's list. Um, he's one of those players you absolutely have to keep. Um, James Rose, four years, not a free agent. What are you doing? D-list. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> All sizzle, no substance. Um, James Rose. He's uh, he's a fine he's a fine twos player, high talent, all that sort of stuff. Just can't get it done at top level. Yeah, and I guess the the probably for me he's always just been that little bit too light. He's never been able to really um, put on size to be able to compete at the next level. Which is you know there are some players who can get away without it, but most players do need to have a bit more size. Otherwise, they just get knocked off the ball too easily. And um, I feel that he's just one of those guys. He's just not not big enough for AFL can dominate two's footy where other attributes can run around people um, but not not at AFL level so and guys have just gone past him like e- even skinny players like Haywood who's a similar height and similar position and stuff like that he's a player that's skinny and can do it so it's just like he's it's like skinny but not good enough at the things to make up for it he's still four kilos heavier <laughs> Yeah, so, like you know what I mean. You know what I mean, though. Like he's yeah. still that stretch. He's that stretch build, but he can't do enough with it 
um, anyway. Like you have to either be like Jaden Stevenson and Haywood and really fast and skinny, or you you have to yeah get off the list. Yeah, pretty much. Jordan Foot. Um, D list. You're putting on the boot and giving him. Yeah, good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, boot him. Ah, John. <laughs> You wrote, you wrote that down, didn't you, before you I, said it? I did, I still probably <laughs> stuffed it up. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I mean, for me, he's 23 years old. He's been on the list for um, the the better part of, I think it's four years looking at this. Um, he's played six games. He's standard kind of size. Um, yeah, I, he's just not not going to remain he's not going to make an AF, become an AFL player like you, like you kind of highlighted you know at four years um, if you're if you're not playing regular the tide's against you yeah you're right Nick Newman up next I'd re-sign him um, I'd, I'd, I'd give him uh, one or two but that said he was is out of favour this year um, so I'm not certain uh, but I, I think that I would re-sign him yeah, I've got him down here as a, a two years or a trade because, like you said, he has fallen out of favour a bit this year. Yeah. Um, I think he's still got some value around. He might, I don't know, maybe a third rounder, I'm thinking. You know, he's done enough at AFL level. He's probably that little older. Um, you know, might be good depth for some clubs. But he, he certainly, um, I think, is, is AFL quality and he might be able to net you something at the trade table, so... Yeah, he's definitely worth another year or two. Yeah. Um, we've got the big ruckman, Callum Sinclair. Uh, yes, probably sign him up, um, give him a couple of years on the list. There's, I mean, they sort of, when they brought him in, uh, made the decision on Nan Curvis then, so they've got to probably stick with their decision now and, and, and keep him signed. He's been he's been pretty, pretty excellent this year. I probably would have said that we would be talking a bit more about his year if it wasn't for the years of Gorn and Grundy. Yeah, agreed. He um he certainly has had a good year. I think he's you know, super coach wise he finished, you know, fifth or something for the Rocks or somewhere up, you know, definitely in the top half of the the ruckman of the competition. Um he's worth at least two years, if not three. And especially considering they literally have no ruck depth. So Yeah, yeah, well, it was a bit hard with Naismith's ACL this year. Um but yeah, definitely I'd see him as a key cog for them. Yep. Um next up is Jack Maybar. Jack, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, don't worry. There's, I, I'm not even halfway through the players I'm going to axe in this list. Oh well, the rest he's... of them are all rookies. We'll get to them, but I don't know. I guess for me, um, you know, we highlighted their um, their lack of key defence, and and he's a 193 centimeter, 95 kilo key defender. Um, so even though he hasn't played a game, uh he's about all they have as a backup for a key defender. So um, I don't know, unless they've got some wild draft plans or trade plans to bring in a Stephen May or something, I think you I think you just keep him on a one-year deal. Yeah, for me, uh, I don't want him to be around on the list anymore. I'd rather try um, a any other player. Um, just hasn't shown enough at NEFL level. And it's... Uh, I'm... I'm I'm not in a mood for Sydney or Geelong to keep around any of these players that aren't. I don't think are going to make it. Yeah. I think that they. I, I would like to see one of those clubs at least stand up and really start swinging because you got to. You get you either 
it's the first or last. What's that um, Ricky Bobby quote? Yeah. If you're not if you're first, not first you're, you're last. last. Doesn't matter if you finish second. Doesn't matter if the Swans um, came runners up in 2016 against the Dogs. They didn't win, and now their list is looking crap. Yeah, um, yeah, that's and that's like and that's fine. <laughs> but the the point I'm making is that you there's I got no problems in being tough. And if they had two, if they had one one more younger key defender, I'd happily cut him. But they don't. They've they've literally got Grundy, Alirulia, and Lewis Melican. That's all they got. Like if you go and and Lewis Melican's still technically on the rookie list, I'm pretty sure. So you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I mean, for me, I don't think Malikin would be, but yeah, I think that he's on the rookie list. I'm pretty sure. I'll just look it really? up right now. Um, but yeah, okay. I'm reasonably certain he is because he's got a big R next to him. Um, yeah, okay. he's still on the still on the rookie list. So, like, that's what I mean. That's like, pretty you, good of them. You can't you can't be sitting there and go, all right, well, yeah, he's not going to make it, and you're probably right. He isn't going to make it, and I'm not saying that he is going to make it. But what I'm saying is that. You know, if if you get a defender that does an ACL, or if Grundy retires, what have you got? You haven't got much, and and you know we see with structures, you need bodies. So if you if you've got if you've got a plan to get something in, um, I would happily, you know, get rid of him. But now, see, that, like this, this for me, like from a list management philosophy perspective, um, like I think that you need to actively move on players that aren't going to make it, even if it means trialling people um, that are key defenders at the, like, NEFA level or at VFL level or anything that uh, are just better than, than Jack. Um, he only has to be as good as my check and he can prove himself to be an AFL player. But for me, it's about setting a standard of high performance. Um, it's not about um, everybody... like. It, it's up to the coaches and everything to make sure that there's the list is harmonious and everything and people don't feel like anyone's been unceremoniously dumped. But it's about creating an, an element where everyone can feel like there's a standard to be held to. And when you start signing on people that don't deserve to be on an AFL list to an AFL list, you start setting a standard that's subpar and it's what's happened to some of these lists is that the reason they've degraded is because they've dropped their standards for what is the minimum Previously, when these teams were winning a lot, they could afford to turn over the bottom of their list because they could be aggressive. They had a great top of their list. The thing is, it doesn't change. When your list gets worse, it should stay the same. You let all of your young players know this is the standard. If you meet it, you stay on the list and you're going to have a great career here. If you don't meet it, it's nothing against you. It's just you're not good enough for our team. You might be good enough for Carlton. Yeah, look, appreciate all that, but there's still the fundamentals of... You've got a depth chart, yeah, and, and that's the point. Like, even if the even if your your last ranked key defender is, you know, not at that level yet, he's still only twenty and a half. Like, it's not exactly like he's, you know, completely without hope. You know, a lot of key defenders take time. Um, that said, I think there is there is guys available to him in the free agency market that they could go after. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. um, you know, I still think Kieran Collins is worthy of a of a spot, and he'd be a delisted free agent. So, you know, there, there is guys they can go after. But like I said, if if they've got the plan to go get these guys, then that's fine. Go cut him, no problems. Yeah. But if they've if they've not got a plan, then then I would just keep him for a year until you can get that plan in place where he's no longer part of it. Um, but you need to have the body 
the right physical shape to fit into that slot, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. No, that makes sense. Um, all right, moving on. Now, the rest of these guys are all rookies. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll start with the ones that I know we agree on. Um, Angus Styles, Jake Brown, and James Bell. Yeah, D-list, D-list, D-list. Yep, agreed. Um, all have had, not had stellar um, kneeful seasons at all, so um, I think it's time to move all of them on. Then we have uh, Robbie Fox, everyone's favourite uh, supercoach rookie from a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's a D-list for me as well. Um, I, th- I think I think you might be a fan of this guy, so um, I'll, I'll be interested to see what you have to say for him. But for me, it's the same standard as that I have for, for Jack Maybaum before. Um, I've seen him play. I think that he adds depth, but I don't think depth is what they need right now. I think that they need talent, so they need to go back and take some kids. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with that. Um, probably worth noting that you know he started the year in the seniors. Um, he did his knee and then went back to the kneeful. Um, was working, working up to um, coming back into the team, and then did his ankle and missed the rest of the season. So I've looked at it from the sense that okay, yeah, he's played senior football this year. He's had injuries which have cost him, you know, the better part of ten games. Um, and he's, you know, I think he's worthy of one year on the rookie list. He's still got one year to go for rookie list eligibility, so I would just keep him on there for a year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get it. and you know, you know that I don't necessarily agree with it, but I, I understand um, I understand why people give him another year. Um, I, as I said, I would just recycle. I would just go, go back, go down, take somebody else from the from the VFL. There's, there's guys that have been going around the VFL winning best and fairest for their respective teams that um, might be worth a punt over him. Yeah, and look, I can appreciate that, you know, but you've, you've also already opened up on your cuts five rookie list yeah. spots, so you could quite easily fill any one of those five, just not his spot, if you know what I yeah, mean. Like, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Toby Pink, uh, he's a... Uh, been on there for two years, so one more year of eligibility. I believe he is a key forward from memory. Um, 20 year old, 194 centimetre, 92 kilo key forward from South Australia. So, um, what are you doing? I'm delisting him as well. I, I think that I might have delisted 11 players in this list, which is by far my most ever. In fact, to, if I'm being honest, when I was trying to write their best 22. Um, under twenty, under twenty-seven. It's that's like a list we put together of just what their list might look like once um, some of their senior players retired. I actually had to put in players that I didn't even believe deserved to be on an AFL list because I couldn't fill the team properly. I, I think that they are really short on depth, and I think that they need to start now. And what they need to do is they need to capitalise on the fact that they're getting an academy player in again. Yep. Um, and go and get some talent and start developing it and admit that you don't have the talent right now to make it. Yeah, look, and with with Toby Pink, I think um, I've got him down as a... I guess I'm unsure with him. I, his form in the NEFL wasn't bad. So that that's the thing. Like, as a young... Like, just judging him as a young key forward, his form at that level wasn't bad. Like, he kicked a bag of six, he kicked a couple of bags of two and three... Um, you know, 
seems to be pretty aggressive in that front on pressure, which is now a requirement for AFL. Um, and narrowly missed being the hero in an elimination final, so standing up on a big day. But then you also think, well, they're going to get Blakey in this year, and um, he's he's going to take his spot no matter what. So what's what's his real chance, you know? And that's the thing I'd probably lean towards cut him when thinking about the fact that I'm getting Blakey this year on top of it. Um, and I've also got Tom McCartan for the future as well. So I've got him down as a D list purely on that. But I, I you know, I'm not. It's not saying that I don't think he he'd be worthy of a, a rookie list spot elsewhere. To be honest, I reckon that was probably our best off contract. That was our most robust, robust discussions, at least. I love that. <laughs> yeah, we got we got into it. I mean, look, like it's important that you know we we we're going to have differing opinions on these things, and it's you know. I think with a team like Sydney, it is polarising because they're not they're not clear cut in any way, shape, or form. So, more than happy to have a bit of a back and forth. So, um, moving on to trade and draft, what do you think's missing? Yeah, I mean, I've been pretty clear that I think their backline um, the backline needs work, and I think that they need to address their um, their youth. So for me, it's it's backline depth. Um, they probably could do with some more key position backline players as well as positional backline players, um, and some running players for the wings. So either they're going to pick up um, some backs that could end up being wings, like your Jake Lloyd types, or um, or just go all out in defence and, and reset. Yeah, yeah. Look, you've hit the nail on the head. The only thing I'd probably add is they they probably want to try and pick up a, a developing ruck. Um, given given um, Naismith's uh, injury concerns and um, Callum Sinclair, despite him having a good season, um, I think he's also had his own injury issues. So um, I'd like to also see them look at the rucks. Um, I guess looking into to trade and free agency, um, I'll probably let you handle the free agency side, um, but there's a kind of a few names that have, you know, I think would really help them. Uh, They've obviously been linked with Darcy Moore, and I think he'll help them either forward or back um, with his flexibility. The This is all contingent on them clearing out some cap space um, because to get Darcy Moore, they're going to have to pay, you know, probably the better part of 500000 a year. Um, but, yeah, they could also look at a, someone like an Oscar McDonald or even Jack Homsch, who has apparently been put on the table by Port Adelaide. Um, along with Jasper Pittard. So you've got those three players are three key defenders. That helps their key defender depth replacing Grundy. Um, Jasper Pittard um, is that more running outside um, backman and he adds a bit of speed. Um, they'd have to back themselves to clean up his disposal though. So that's probably the part that lets him down consistently is that he butchers the ball and makes a few too many clangers. But a team like Sydney could definitely fix him up. Yeah, yeah, I think they definitely could. Um, Especially that they've got quite strong structures and systems that support um, players that that have poor disposal because they uh, get numbers back and they get them to hand it off to somebody that can dispose of the ball um, or just to go sideways in 20 metres and um, loopy. They're they're not really a penetrating team, so it sort of works in the favour of somebody who's a bit average in that way. Yep. Um, Who else you got? I mean, not, not a lot because... I mean, as much as I think that they can use players like your Dowhouses and and Aaron Hall types, um, I I don't think they should. 
uh, what like I think if they should. Um, one of my big things with Sydney they've struggled to do in the past is admit that a traditional rebuild would help them to fly back up the ladder. And I think that they've built a base now where they have um, strong supporters. Um, they've got Buddy signed in for a long time, so they don't have to worry about people turning up to the games. And they can afford to go, we've been a great team for a long time, we, we need some talent, and I would just be trying to focus on youth. Yeah, look, um, agreed. Uh, I think if they can get a top echelon player, um, like, and when I say that, I'm talking about a player like Darcy, Darcy Moore, if they can, yeah. and that obviously back themselves to fix his hamstrings. Um, but, like, he's the sort of player they need to get in. Yep, I agree. They, they, a bit like a lot of teams, they can't be accepting a lesser talent. Um, look, if they want to maintain themselves, they're probably going after yeah, Homps and Pittards uh, in that sense. But I guess probably there's one player I would like to, to see them pick up because he is something different to to what they've got at the moment. That's Nathan Freeman. I think like for a rookie list spot, um, you could do a lot worse than a guy who's got a point to prove. Um, he offers you something that you don't have, which is speed out of your midfield. Um, and that said, you know, like he's he's uh, he's kicking and stuff. You can work on that and back yourself to fix his hamstrings. But he'd be a he'd be chomping at the bit for a second chance. And I, and I just think like if you're going to roll the dice to try and improve your quality, like the guy was an ex pick ten, he's obviously got quality about him. Um, and for a rookie list spot and a minimal contract, you you probably you won't find much better. I love that call. Um, especially if you move on Alex Johnson and replace that injury position on your list with Nathan <laughs> Freeman. No, just because it it like they don't need um, a, an injured old backman, but they would be fine with an injured, speedy young midfielder because that's an area of their game that they're at least lacking. So it makes sense for them to keep on the list. A lot more like what Geelong were like when they kept Menzel around on the list because a position that they were missing on their ground was a talented forward to replace Stevie J and Chappie. So I am all about bringing on Nathan Freeman, even if he's injured. Yeah, no, that's a good one. So I guess looking at their draft picks, this is this is very interesting, and this is, I think, where we're, we're probably going to have some good discussion now, John, around draft picks and, and trading. As we've said, you know, um, Nick Blakey's probably going to draw a, a top six pick, I'm yeah. guessing. Yep. Um, their current first round pick is pick 13 they've also got pick 31 and 35 35's from the Pies for um, Sam Murray who's unfortunately facing some accusations around drugs third round went back to the Pies and fourth round they've got pick 67 so they've got basically three picks inside of pick 35 um, with pick 13 being the highest and likely to have to use that on matching a bid for Blakey. So, um, I guess in a in a pure draft, they'd be you know pick thirteen. They'd probably be looking at you know um, I don't know a backman of some description maybe, but really um, I don't know really who they'd look for. Maybe a Curtis Taylor. There's, there's no. It's a really hard spot to be in pick thirteen to try to draft a back because there, there's just none that scream out and the one that does it would probably still be early for him is Isaac Quain or is tied to Collingwood so yeah. it's a, a really unfortunate position to be in I would probably target still someone like Quainer and hope that Collingwood don't match 
Um, Bailey Williams, who's at least an athletic tall, um, he fills that depth ruck position that they don't have. Um, but he's also it probably be a pure forward at AFL level or a, maybe even a back. He's at least talented enough to um, to take into a system and, and, and teach him. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, it's probably all hypothetical at the moment because they've... They're going to lose pick 13 to match Blakey's bid. So I guess this is, you know, what we've said about a, a few teams with um, with the Western Bulldogs, you know, to get ahead. Um, you know, they're in a great position because they're ahead of their likely bid for, for West. Um, and, and for Sydney, I, I just see they've just got to get ahead of pick five um, or just trade out pick 13 for Darcy Moore, for example. Like, that's... They've... they've, they've like what North Melbourne's doing to match Taron Thomas, their their first round picks a middle pick. It's on the table because we need to, you know, the, we're going to lose it if we have to match a bid. So let's just get it out of here, get something for it, and then we get two high quality talents rather than just one. So for me, there's kind of a couple of scenarios. One's obviously pick thirteen to the pies for Darcy Moore and they might I don't know if there'd be any pick swapping involved that seems to me pretty fair on face value the other one um, touching on the Dan Hanabry situation would be um, pick 13 and Dan Hanabry to the Saints um, for pick 3 so they get ahead of that Blakey pick it'd be, it'd be, um, pick, it'd be pick 4 after pick four, Tom sorry, sorry and and that would get that would value Hannah's about pick twenty three, which is unders. But as we spoke about before, they're in a tight salary cap position, so you know getting pick three gets them ahead of pick five. So they they get um, you know probably Ben King or pick four. Sorry, they probably getting Ben King um, as the best key position back in the draft, um, and then they're going to get Nick Blakey, who's a you know one of the top three key position forwards in the draft. So they address their bookends. It's a really hard one um, because, I mean, I, even though that only Vanners values Hannah's at 23, I, I still don't think that it's a good trade um, for the Saints just because I don't think Hannah's offers a whole lot and I think the difference between pick three and pick 13 in this draft is a bit. Um, just knowing some of the players that will be available at top or pick four, um, so it, it is a hard one, but one of the other things I was toying with is because there's also the rumour that uh, Jake Lloyd might be being touted heavily by Gold Coast. Now, this is where I probably see the Hanabry trade being a good trade um, for the Swans. If the Swans were to ship off Hannah's and pick 13 for pick 3, or pick 4 it would be, and then were able to send off pick, say, let's go 31. So send 31 and Jake Lloyd for pick 3. So that's valuing at Jake Lloyd at pick 7. So you probably have to send pick 35 as well, um, which would value Jake Lloyd at about pick 15, which is probably about right. If you were to send those two picks as well, and you lose Lloyd, you lose Hannah's but you get pick three and four uh, to take him. I, I think that that's a fantastic platform for the future. 
is he going to admit that Hannes is probably never going to be that player that he was again? Lose Lloyd, but you have pick 3-4 and what would be equivalent to pick 5 when a bid comes in for Blakey, assuming that you can get some back-ended picks to match for him, otherwise you just sacrifice your future pick for that. And you've brought in three of the most talented players um, in the nation, uh, pair them with the talented players that you already have that are young, like Heaney and Mills and McCartan and Haywood and Florent and Ling, and you've got potentially one of the best young developing lists in the whole competition. But it will take a lot of shuffling and, and some serious balls. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's that. If they could pull that off, I would probably say they've they've won draft period. And trade period because that that would be phenomenal. Like you said, like you look at the talent they've already got on the list at the young the young kids, um, adding potentially you know a um, Bailey Smith, a Ben King, and um, and obviously Nick Blakey. That that gives them both the the midfield and the forward and backs. So so it's just it's just such a that would effectively regenerate and, <clears throat> and it means going forward you know their back line looks like Ben King with Aaliyah Aaliyah or Lewis Melican and you know in the middle you've got Mills and um, Parker and um, Bailey Smith and Isaac Heaney all, all together as a really high quality group and then you go forward and you've got you know assuming Buddy's gone you've, you've got Tom McCartan and Nick Blakey for the future. So, and and to be honest, I wouldn't be scared about slipping next year's first round pick, um, no. because I feel that the top five in this draft next year would go probably top two next draft. So you know you're effectively getting three picks that next year would be probably one, two, and three. Yeah, definitely. And you you also front end the development of those players and bring them all in together. Um, making you probably feel like you're more likely to keep them. You clear out um, at, at least a million dollars in salary cap room. Keep going. Um, you, keep going. You, yeah, exactly. You bring in those sort of players. You could potentially then attract a free agent in as well if you want. Um, it doesn't have to be a big free agent, but it can just be a role-playing free agent that's good. And, I mean, you could get three best 22 players out of that top early part of the draft, even if you wanted to bring in an Isaac Rankin type who'd be ready to go, Bailey Smith, you could put him on the back flank, um, and Ben King, like, they're, they're three players, if you pick two of those, they're all able to play football, um, trust me, and they'll make a big, um, big waves, and if you're the Swans, and you inject all of that youth around that senior talent that you've got, especially considering they've re-signed players like Grundy and Nick Smith and uh Kennedy and all of these sort of experienced players that can teach these young guys, it just it makes sense to be regenerating now. It makes sense to regenerate now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that trade would just be so good for them as a club um, because it's not a, a middling practice. It's not you know it's not any of the the kind of stuff you're seeing on the list at the moment. It, it's a real top end. You know, and and it, and they're regenerating probably without really bottoming out again. So yeah, and Gold Coast would be happy to receive a best twenty-two player like Lloyd, um, who knows Chewie Jew his system and get two second-round picks back. They'd be happy with that. And the guys at the Saints, they want to be able to prove that they can win a game of football. So bringing in a player like Canterbury, who's right now 
um, a reasonable player and that they probably think that they can get him back to be a very good player makes sense and Alan Richardson would do it because he wants to keep his job yeah and, and pick 13 is still not a bad pick like you still yeah. you know like I said Kurt, Kurt, like for, for a club like St Kilda there's a lot of great picks at pick 13 like yeah it makes a lot more sense for a St Kilda to have it than for a Sydney to have it yeah absolutely like it, it's that they can go target the midfield where they need it so you know, let's do it at... let's just let's call let's, who are we going to call Gold Coast the Swans <laughs> and um, St Kilda alright yeah, um, but, but we've got to tell them that we're what? fixing the Swans so you know maybe they're not so proactive about that <laughs> oh yeah no 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 we won't tell them we're just um, like, don't worry we're going we'll to on the phone let's wrap this up so we can jump on the horn and, and start telling some people what to do <laughs> yeah sounds good I'm sure that goes down well <laughs> Uh, all right, mate. Um, final words, I guess. Um, I think with Sydney, um, given they're so top heavy, they're probably going to be trying to keep contending. While, especially to make the best value out of out of Buddy's contracts, I think um, a lot of people have said if you if they don't win a premiership in Buddy's time, you know, was his contract worth it? Um, I'm probably not of the same opinion, but I can definitely see the point there that, you know, to, to justify the, the nine-year deal um, and carrying his, his free agency contract for as long as they will. Um, they certainly... And, and remembering that I think it's back-ended as well, so they're going to be paying him more at the end of his career than at the, the start when he started at the Swans. So to make the most of it, I think they're going to be trying to avoid a bottom out. And based on that... They've got to be brave at the the draft and trade table. Don't be scared to trade out a, a Lloyd. Um, Hanabry's obviously, you know, reportedly wanting out. So go get the best value you can. Um, don't be afraid to throw that pick thirteen in deals if it can get you above pick five. And and really just focus on improving your depth um, at uh, young depth, really more than anything. And yeah, just fix that back line for me. <laughs> Yeah, fix the back line. I agree, mate. For me, it's just about that the lower end depth players. I mean, the Swans are great at finding rookies and, and um, bringing in. So they've brought in some of the best rookie stories over probably the last three to four years, and even longer than that. But just bring in more of them. So get rid of the ones that you've got at the moment that um, have probably costed you a, a chance to um, to rebuild earlier and, and be in a better better position now. And as Sean said, be be brave. Um, do, do some things that people don't expect but then reflect back in a couple of years when you've won another flag when you've got the best young team in the competition and say wow they did they did great pretty much <laughs> yeah pretty much exactly what a way to finish pretty much and and that'll, that'll do us for another another week so we're interested to see who's going to be dropping out next week it's going to be one of the Hawks and who are the Hawks playing? oh the Demons what? what the demons? What's so September? The Hawks, the Hawks exactly. I I couldn't I couldn't even think because it didn't make sense to have the demons in September. I did love the um the meme that was on Facebook of the picture of the MCC because obviously they opened the gates early, and they had a picture of the MCC obviously full, um before the game and and I think someone um on one of the the webs on the one of the Facebook pages said uh, something along the lines of um, the AFL getting all the Melbourne supporters in early to explain to them what finals football is. <laughs> uh, very crisp humour there. Oh, I love it. Um, but good luck with that, mate. And um, my pies, 
are um, are taking on the Giants. So the, I mean, it's going to be some good footy this weekend, and we're looking forward to covering uh, two of those four sides next week. And uh, we thank you for listening again. And if you've got any feedback, just shoot it to us through online. We did have someone to get back to us after the last episode, and that was Cameron Hopkins. So thanks for getting on to us, Cameron. So in the Geelong Cats episode, I mentioned that there were a couple of players that have moved on and were struggling to get a game at their new club, and one of them was Joel Hamling, who uh, I've been informed finished sixth in their best and fairest last year, and it uh, looks like he's played about 40 games since in the first two years since being there. So it does seem like a good pickup. Um, good work by Freo and, and we do appreciate you reaching out and thanks for keeping me honest I, I can get a little bit carried away there so thank you uh, and anyone else that's trying to reach out to us with questions the, the easiest way is at Listics AFL on Twitter um, that's the, probably the best place where we'll answer most of the questions uh, you can email us uh, you can find the email on the website and yeah we look forward to speaking to you again soon thank you so much thanks guys thanks for listening